You're listening to the She's on Her Toes podcast, episode 17. She's on Her Toes podcast is about getting ahead in the business of fitness. We'll take a real-life look at what it takes to own and operate a boutique fitness studio, sharing what it's really like to run a business. You know, all the stuff they don't teach you in business school. Hey everyone, Carolyn here. As I mentioned last week, we talk so much about how to find more time in the day and the course that I've created called Five Days to Time Freedom that we had to offer a part two. And today is the day you'll get to hear the rest of our conversation on how to delegate, how to manage, and also how to manage your own time, not just your employees, but how to manage your own time and create your ideal day, which is the ultimate goal of the five days to freedom course so hopefully you've got a chance to check out that link it was in the show notes last week as well as on the blog she's on her toes.com and i will include it in the show notes and the blog again this week so hopefully you're checking that out and really if you have ever asked yourself you know where is my time going or said to yourself oh gosh there's just not enough time in the day i never have enough time then this course is for you. You know, not everyone gets taught time management. And sometimes, you know, as we go about life, we start developing a few bad habits. It's always good to kind of reassess where we are and get back on track. And that is exactly what this course is designed to do, especially for those small business owners that just have a lot on their plates and really need to focus on their time as well as managing their employees super effective. I hope you'll check it out. So without further ado, check out and listen to the second part of our conversation. Is it possible to find more time each day? Looking forward to hearing from you again. If you have any kind, uh, if you've really been enjoying the podcast, please leave a review. We really appreciate that. We love hearing from you and we'll look forward to doing so. Thanks so much. So yeah, so I guess getting back into that, I mean, what have been, I mean, I feel like one of the awesome things about the podcast is that like, you know, we can talk about like our successes, but also about like places where we've fallen short or failures. I mean, what have been some delegating fails and how have we avoided them in the future? I mean, I can probably give a whole bunch at the end after y'all go, but (laughs) I, I didn't, I don't have anything specific, so I hope somebody has a good story. But, um, I think for me, just just not preparing correctly or not training somebody correctly, um, your managers, if they're the people training, like I, when somebody makes a mistake and maybe they call me or I find out later, nine times out of ten, it's because I didn't, I didn't teach them how to do it correctly, and mm-hmm. um, it's really easy to think like, oh, I can't believe she did that. Like, or I can't believe he did that. Why did he do that? He knows not to do that. But then, if I look, if I really look back and and dig into the training process, or I, maybe I didn't even tell her that. I didn't mm-hmm. even show her how to do that correctly. Mm-hmm. And um, it can create. Uh, it's frustrating for you to constantly feel like you're fixing mistakes, or or I thought I've told her that already. But if you if you look back, make sure you're just preparing correctly. All the times in the past that I feel like I have had delegating fails is because I just haven't prepared them or I didn't train them enough or I threw it to them too quickly thinking they were ready and the mistakes are made. And it, I mean, it falls back on me for not making sure that they were ready. Yeah. I don't think I can say that myself. <laughs> yeah, right. I was 
literally have like same, same thing written thing. down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, like, yeah, no, I mean, anytime that like we have delegated around here and there's been, you know, a failure or a break in communication, it's either yes, because you failed to communicate appropriately like what you wanted, or two, you really didn't have like a system set in place to, you know, guide this person through the activity. And, you know, or I guess three would also be like, you didn't really check like the work. And I'm totally guilty of that because, you know, sometimes I just have so much to do. And then I tell you, you know, you collectively to do something and uh, it gets done. And then I'm not necessarily like I've kind of moved on to like my next like eight things. So I kind of forget to go back and like double check that it, you know, you know, these, you know, whatever I've assigned to you is, you know, done correctly. And like a really good instance of that was, I guess maybe we've been open like a year or so, or maybe it was even a little less than a year, but um, I had, you know, a great employee who had learned how to enter inventory into our uh, system, and it was awesome, and it was a huge help to me, especially when I was teaching four classes a day and going home for, you know, a couple hours to rest, and I didn't have to worry about tagging all the retail, entering it into the computer, and getting it out right away, which is a huge undertaking um, especially with the amount of inventory that we get um, on a daily and weekly basis here. But this person put everything in the computer. It was a very large order <laughs> and forgot to uh, check to see if they had um, included sales tax on all of the purchases. And that's something that you have to do when you enter the inventory into our system. And it is not something like, so basically if it's not included, if sales tax is not included in each item, then when you ring it up, you won't be collecting sales tax. And it's very easy when, you know, you've got a lot of people trying to get things rung up quickly and you're trying to, you know, get people signed in for class to not really notice that you're uh, charging them sales tax. So, yeah, I think we had sold thousands of dollars worth of merchandise before I figured out that we had not been collecting sales tax. And for those of you that own a retail store or, you know, are sales tax tax exempt because you are reselling items you owe the state of North Carolina that money regardless of whether or not you collect it so (laughs) that was not an awesome uh, day for me when I realized that that uh, had not been taken care of and you know really since then I am always like have you checked to see if the sales tax and like I like go in there months ago we heard that yeah yeah I mean and I like I'll probably still say it because you know I yeah yeah yeah. so but it's really easy to forget that it's to not check it yeah it's very easy to not double check it and yeah, whew, that was not an awesome day when I figured that out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's not good. But yeah. but yeah, I mean, I guess just in general, I mean, I'm not going like, to go into a lot of like, crazy stories, but I mean, I think that's just like, a really good example of one. But um, yeah, I mean, anytime we haven't, as managers, haven't systematized something or just assumed that somebody knew how to do something or didn't communicate with them exactly what needed to be done. I mean, that's really where that kind of failure happens. And of course you're like, oh, like seriously. But um, I mean, I guess getting into kind of like our next 
topic here. I mean, how have you developed your management style to incorporate delegating work? Because I think that's really important. Like, if you, you know, a lot of us, um, you know, spend our careers in, like, a lower, like, support role, and then all of a sudden we're, like, thrust into, like, a promotion where we are managing people, and it's, like, again, nobody teaches you how to do it, and you're just like, ah, like, what am I doing? Like, how do I manage this, you know, team of people? Or maybe you just have one employee or whatever. But, I mean, how do you kind of develop that on your own to like figure that out I think a lot of it is practice and trial and error and hopefully not becoming so overwhelmed that you're about to explode but just getting some of it is just real life like getting to the point where I don't have enough hours in the day I it's almost like survival what what can I do to find the ability to accomplish what I need to accomplish and you start realizing that oh I can trust the people around me I can give them some things to do and I think the biggest thing um, and we talk about this all the time but just having your staff trust you and trusting them I think like building that trust is so important so like for me for my management style like I want the employee to be able to tell me like I don't know how to do this um, I don't feel comfortable doing this or I, I still need some help doing this so that I can Maybe I need to revamp my training process, or we need to revamp the strategy so that uh, the system so that we can make sure that they're clear and in place and able to be executed well. So I think just having that trust between your staff and being able to have your staff respect you and but also be able to be honest with you and be able to move things forward or change things as needed. Yeah, I'd, I'd say definitely. Um, being approachable in your uh, management style is very important because if people are scared to ask you questions, then you're <laughs> going to probably get done wrong and continue to be done wrong until you go back and, and check and make sure like, oh my gosh. Um, but being open and knowing that, that your employees feel confident coming to you when they have a question or an issue and something they want to address with you, I think is something that um, I've learned from working here. And just it's the best way to deal with people and manage everyone and their different personalities and all of that. Yeah, definitely. And I think, I mean, I've been pretty open on this podcast on previous episodes that, you know, I am not a micromanager. I am not into details and I have a really hands-off management style. So I will basically tell somebody to do something and then I just assume that it gets done. And yeah, it's definitely uh, bitten me in the ass a few times because I haven't gone back to check on their work as the way that I should have. But you know what, that's my fault. And, you know, I'm working on that. But um you know, I think like one of the things when you are managing people, and we've certainly talked about this as being like literally the most important skill that you can have uh, in your job and your you know daily life, is that um, you know you really need to understand everyone's strengths and weaknesses. And if you know you have an employee that you know is a little bit more timid and is not going to necessarily like come to you with all these questions, like. If you have one employee who asks you like 800 questions and then another that asks you like six, like maybe check in more with the one that's not speaking up because chances are they don't know what to do. <laughs> like, 
uh, and maybe spend a little bit more time with them. Although, you know, who knows? Maybe they do know what to do. And then, and then you, at least you figure know. that out. You'll yeah. Know. Yeah. Least yeah. Know. yeah. I, anytime somebody has no questions, that's when I start to worry. <laughs> like, uh, really? Okay. Uh, definitely going to be back on you. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you know, just like knowing your employees, knowing their strengths, like if somebody's not good at something, then maybe don't get, have them do it. Give it to somebody else and yeah. or, you know, just do it yourself or, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, I guess you kind of have to factor in if somebody's strength is sales, then, you know, maybe not have them clean all day. Like, if, or if somebody's strength is organization and they're terrified to ask somebody, you know, to buy something, then don't have them call people and ask them to, like, you know, if they want to renew their packages. Like, that's not going to be, you know, super successful or an efficient use of that person's time. So, you know, kind of understanding that and then but you know taking it further is like eventually like everyone should you know kind of have the same skill set and certainly people will have like different areas that they're better at or will shine at but um you know you do need to think about like how are you going to develop these people how are they going to make how are you going to make them better employees and I know some of you out there are like well if I overtrain my people then they'll leave and find other jobs <laughs> well does that even make sense? I mean, if you don't train your employees to do their jobs or to be, like, excellent at what they do, then why are you paying them? Again, I mean, it goes back to the whole, like, you can't just, like, you know, think about, like, people leaving because you give them, you know, more training. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I mean, I hear that all the time from people. Yeah, like, it literally makes me insane. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, as you train somebody, they become more reliable. You can give them yeah. what to do. They, yeah. they, start, they don't need the systems as much because they know your system. Like, I just think, like, yeah. as those people, and maybe they'll leave one day, but, yeah. I mean, that's not a deterrent yeah. for me to not, like, train them more. Yeah, yeah. I'd say they'd feel more valued yeah. at your company or your business um, to want to better things overall. Yeah, so I then mean, I would want to stay. Is what I'm yeah. trying to say. Like, oh, yeah. No, I mean, like, if you train people and then there's high turnover, I mean, that should, I guess we talk about, like, trends and, like, tracking yeah. things. Like, I think that's a symptom of, like, your culture sucks. So, yeah, like, yes, how are you going to yes. do to fix that? Like, I mean, that, you know, you, as the owner, like, that's on you. Yeah. But anyways. All right. So let's talk about what are some things that you've delegated after completing the five days to time freedom course and was it hard to develop new habits i have a specific one but um just take this for whatever it might be in your business but um we create playlists for our classes here and it's extremely time consuming. I mean, it doesn't take you all day, but it takes a large chunk of your time. It really does. Like when I was able, Carolyn yeah. gave it to me as a task. And I was literally like, thank God. Like I think I went home and had a drink. Like I was like, thank God I don't have to do this again. Oh my gosh, it is so time it is time consuming. And if you're doing it, it while clients are in the studio, like you almost can't, you can't. because no, you, you have can't. to really yeah. like pay attention to what you're doing. But also, in that same breath, it's really important, and it's mm -hmm. it's we buy we spend money yeah. on the song, yeah. so it's not well. Yeah, if you download the wrong song it, or yes. the wrong like put the songs in the wrong I order, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not going to yeah. work. So while it seems like a small task, it's important, and it's really important to the service that we provide. 
So for a long time, when Carolyn gave it, like asked me to start making the playlist, I'm not letting anybody else make the playlist. Like I'm going to make sure I do it right. And but I can remember when I mean there were literally weeks where I, I was like, because that's not something you can do at home. Like you have to be here, you have to do it here. I was like, I don't think I can do. Like I don't think I can get it done. I'm going to have to give it to the next. Like I'm going to have to give it to the person that comes in after me. I'm going to have to have them do it because I don't have time. Um, so at first I was like. You have to download. I'm like standing over them, like show me how you're gonna do it. Like just so nervous that they weren't gonna do it well. But now that we have a system and I make sure everybody knows how to do it, I can have anybody do it. So sometimes I still do it if it's that time of the, of the month and it needs to be done and I'm here, I'll do it. But I'm also really confident in knowing that anybody, any of our trained uh, associates can do it. Christina does it a lot of times. Other people do it. Um, but at hard it, at first it was really hard. I'd go back and double check or like if a song didn't sound right, I'd be back on there checking like, oh, I bet they downloaded the wrong song. Uh-huh. Um, so <laughs> yeah. it, t- it definitely took me a while to feel really confident in letting somebody else do that. And now I don't think we, I don't think we've ever had a, a problem of somebody like making you know download doing it wrong. Like it seems to always get done correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. The thing I've noticed from doing the time management uh, sheet from day one from the course is mostly things that we have a checklist, and there's something about a checklist. If it tells me we have it set for pretty much two parts of the day, because we have two shifts uh, within each uh, workday throughout the week, and it says in the morning and then in the evening. When I first started, I had the hardest time if I was working one. I wanted to be able to check off all the boxes. But <laughs> as a manager, we have other things we're working on that aren't on the sheets. And I finally figured out it's okay if you don't get to wipe down the mirrors or you don't you don't have a chance to vacuum. Just make sure it gets done or something about cleaning. That's the main thing. And then I've always felt bad, like, leaving it for someone else. But I've figured out for our business, I'm not going to run myself crazy if I don't finish one of those tasks. And it's okay for my initials not to be in that box. <laughs> so I finally just accepted the fact that um, I can leave that and let whoever comes in next know, hey, I didn't get this done. If you could take care of that. And they always do. So I'd say mostly prioritizing the fact that if I don't complete everything on our list that's not as important, it's okay. Like cleaning and whatnot is my main thing now. Yeah. yeah. In case you were wondering, I don't check any of the boxes on the checklist when I'm working in the does. studio. Yeah. <laughs> if you work after Carolyn, you're you like, did she go back and yeah. check the checklist? <laughs> she just sat in here and drank coffee. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> I might have done a few of the things, but then I don't check it out. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, another example of uh, maybe not leading by example. (laughs) But yeah, just stresses us out. (laughs) Luckily, I always come in after Carolyn, so I doctor up the checklist. (laughs) Oh, good times. All right. Well, what about doubling down? Is I mean, we talked about this briefly. Like, unless you are doing the course or have done the course, then you probably don't really understand what doubling down is, but Doubling down would be, uh, you know, you realize that you're not doing enough of an activity. So an example of that might be like strategic thinking, forming a marketing plan, doing more networking, trying to, you know, create more strategic partnerships with other businesses and other business owners, that kind of thing. Um, You know, really things that you need to be doing more of instead of less, or maybe you're not even doing them. Uh, Because you haven't had enough time. (laughs) Like, is there anything that you should be spending more time doing? 
And then maybe how did you find the time to double down? So like, what did you stop doing to create more time since we know time is finite? When I looked back at my time, I really felt like I needed to be spending more time on like reaching out to potential clients or even just like regular clients and making contact with them that maybe in the past I had on my list to do, but other things came up. It's the end of the day. I'm going home. I can no longer reach out to all of these people. And so for me, that's something that I've really doubled down on and also just trying to track that so that it can be repeatable and systemized so that if Christina is reaching out to somebody, we have some information on them already. We're not, you know, doing the work twice. So I had to cut back on other things. Like I had to cut back on um, cleaning in the studio or taking care of some of those checklist things. I feel like we talk about cutting back on cleaning. I, I want to make sure everyone knows that the <laughs> studio is cleaned clean. yes. like from you know, corner to corner, top to bottom, every single day, just not by the three of us yeah. all yeah. the time. That's a good point. Most of the time it does <laughs> happen, but on days where you're slammed and, yeah. you know. Yeah, there are important. other people yeah. that come mm-hmm. in that, you know, have less things to do than we do. With it. Yeah. The cleaning eyes, it's on yeah. the checklist. It always yeah. gets done. Yes. Um, but just, and honestly, just being more mindful of my time. So, yeah. like, yeah. it's really easy to have, you know, you have class starting in 30 minutes, so you kind of finish up what you're doing so you can be ready to sign in clients and just make maximizing more of my time, working on that client contact until that first client walks through the door, not, st- you know, making sure I'm, if I have 15 minutes, I'm not just waiting for the clients to come in. I'm actively still working on that and using more of that time so that when the clients do come in, I can then just completely focus on them and give them the time that they need for conversation or whatever they, um, whatever that client might need that day. So just being more mindful of my time really and making sure I'm not wasting it little segments of the day where I stop to prepare for something else but maybe could be using that more efficiently and spending more of my time just reaching out and trying to have authentic contact with clients. Yeah I mine would be um, mostly I'm in charge of um, our new clients our intro month clients and I've really tried even clients that just come in and take one class or they come with a friend um, I've tried to be more aware of maybe they're out of town or maybe they just moved here so whenever I do reach out to them or Emily does or Caitlin or any other employees reach out they are aware um, so it's more of a meaningful connection because we do want to know those things about people and what might best fit them Um, so I, I know we as a team have tried to take notes and sort of add that to, or they'll let Emily or myself know, hey, so-and-so was such-and-such here, you know, and what uh, those details can be added just to make the process easier for everyone and um, because we care about those things and it just helps their whole experience here. So I guess a way to um, know more about your clients would be, uh, you know, if you need to focus on that, if that's important as your role, then that's what I found to be very important to help that process out. Yeah, I think those are all awesome examples. I'm really glad that like y'all figured that out. Uh, I didn't tell them to do those things. No. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, I mean, I think for me, when I first did this, um, you know, one of the things that I was spending a lot of time doing, it was completely not helping my job as an owner of two pure bar locations, is that... You know, in my past job, for those of you that kind of know my background, I, you know, didn't always 
you know, own the studios. I didn't always work in fitness. And at one point, I was the communications director for a congressman. I worked on Capitol Hill, and, and that was one of my majors was political science. But, um, you know, part of my job doing that role was reading the newspaper, reading multiple newspapers, and watching the news all day long. And, you know, when I started this job, it was difficult to not do those things because you know I think like a lot of us think like oh yeah like I need to be educated on what's going on in the world and you know I need to keep up with the news and you know when I started tracking my time I realized I was spending like five hours a day like reading the paper and watching the news and what the f like that is not helping me run my business it's not putting you in a good mindset. no it is not putting me in a good mindset and most days anyway yeah and like so I stopped reading the paper. I don't watch the news. And I think a lot of people find this really shocking because they're like, well, how do you keep up with stuff? And I'm like, well, here's the deal. Like, if it's really important, somebody will tell me about it. Or, like, I'll see it on Facebook or Instagram. Or, you know, I do get, like, a news pop-up on my phone. And if it is interesting or relevant to, like, my daily existence and, you know, as being a small business owner, then, yes, I will click on it and look into it and read more about it. But, you know, I don't need to be, you know, spending hours a day reading the newspaper and learning about stuff that has no, you know, like relevance towards like what we're trying to do here it would definitely be better serving for me to you know read more you know fitness inspiration or like you know business uh books or you know any basically anything i think besides (laughs) uh the news and like i said i mean i feel like i'm pretty well up to speed on what's going on yeah i don't know all the details about like all the little things that i used to when i worked on the hill but again that's not my job that's not my role anymore so you know i think just like finding that transition was great and it definitely allowed myself to double down on you know just thinking like when you're the owner like your job is to be kind of the visionary of your business and that requires you know, a lot of thought time, a lot of time where you can just like allow yourself to think, hmm, like what do we need to do next? Or, you know, as we've talked a lot about like tracking metrics and looking for trends. And that's what I spend a lot of time doing as well is just tracking our numbers, trying to figure out, yeah, trying to figure out like what works, what doesn't work. And yeah, so I mean, just yeah, tracking numbers. And so while maybe you think I have no idea what's going on, no, I really know everything. So this is true. Yeah, yeah. Like if I ask you a question about uh, retention, I already know the answer. I'm just looking for you to confirm, make sure you during your job. But um, but yeah, no. Now that I have time to do that, it's awesome, and it makes me feel a lot more secure in the decisions that we're making. And I know we're making smarter decisions because you know, I have the time to just, like, think about stuff, which I know sounds really hokey, but uh, try it and see how it works for you. Okay, so I guess the culminating, the last day of the five days to business freedom challenge is really trying to figure out your ideal day. And, you know, how would you design your ideal day based on the five days to freedom course? Like, what is your ideal day? And I definitely have like a lot to say about this. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'll be brief. No, um, so I actually, even before the course, had 
um, come upon some free downloads by Day Designer, and one of them <laughs> is uh, you can structure your ideal day. And I started doing that. Um, now, once I had had looked at my time more closely, it became more relevant. But even before, I had just would map out my day, and it was so helpful. It wasn't always necessarily 100% correct at the end of the day, like I'd followed along, but just putting things down in writing and looking at them in the morning or whenever you do it is so impactful on what you get done. Like, just try it. Like Carolyn said, just try it. Write, your, write down a little schedule, you know, use this course to build an ideal day, and it kind of starts to revolve around that. Like, you just find yourself naturally doing it. Um, but for me, I um, typically work in the morning, so my morning, my day, work day is structured. Um, I like to have like maybe three or four big to-dos that are important and get those completed in the time frame that they need to be completed in. And then I really enjoy after work a little bit of downtime. So I'm not somebody that I like to go home and if I have work to do, which happens, I'm not going to keep doing it. I like to take a little bit of downtime, and that, that just really helps me reset. It doesn't matter. I don't even care what I'm doing. Sometimes the TV's on. Sometimes I'm walking the dogs. Whatever it might be, but it's really important for me to schedule it because it can turn into three hours of downtime or four hours, of, and it can turn into bedtime. And then I, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, yeah, that was a great – I did nothing. Yeah. So if that is really important to have scheduled – and then from there, I can decide, okay, I've got my hour, I've done my downtime, now let me complete the work that I didn't get completed or move on to whatever social engagements or whatever it might be. So just having in my, in my mind, knowing that, okay, I'm only going to give myself X amount of time, and then I'm going to jump back into the things that I need to get done, really just sets my mindset, sets my day, I know where I'm going, and then I can move on from there and complete the rest of my afternoon. Yes, mine sounds very similar. I definitely um, thrive off of having the planner. We've talked about the day designers before, and if you don't have anything like that, I highly suggest, especially I would start with the five course to time freedom. That is a great way to figure out how to prioritize everything and then move into more of a an annual type of planner and go from there but I'd say just once I get to work you know I normally teach a couple classes but the main thing on the manager side of things is making sure all of the client interaction retention and everything is caught up so I definitely that's first and I like to get all of that done each day depending on what's going on things will come up but you always have like Emily and Carolyn have mentioned normally three main things you're getting done each day and go from there and then once I am done I normally once I'm done working I like to um, plan time to relax and just sort of you know if it's it sounds very repetitive here but <laughs> hang out with the dogs or you know um, maybe just not do anything for a minute maybe read and watch a little tv and I try to get back to the studio at some point to I really enjoy taking class so yeah. <laughs> I like to do that as well so that would be an ideal day, and then, you know, the social side of things when fit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. let's get real. Your ideal day is reading Harry Potter all day. Oh, <laughs> that was well, not me. Or watching it, although I'd like to make a public plea to oh, HBO God. to please put the Harry Potter Can they movies take it off? back on oh, the band no. because they're gone. So my productivity is probably going to soar because I can no longer watch Harry Potter on Sunday afternoons. Oh, that's awesome. 
All right, well, like part of the course is a short video message uh, to kind of go along with the worksheets. And one of the things that I talk about on day five in the video, and I would really challenge you to kind of think outside of the box on this, is, because I certainly had to, is that, you know, maybe you're looking at your ideal day and figuring out what that is. But for me, it was really about designing an ideal week because, you know, I have like Monday, I'm not in the studio and I schedule all of my meetings on Monday. I meet with my business coach. If I have to go to the chiropractor, if I have to go to the doctor, if I have to, you know, meet with my bookkeeper, I try to do all of that stuff on Monday, just knock it out. And then on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, I work in the studio and I'm teaching. And then on Thursday and Friday, I have like big chunks of time so that we can record the podcast. You know, I can do all the editing and writing and, and that kind of thing. Um, and then also, yeah, just scheduling that time to think and look over our numbers and try to figure out if, you know, there's a trend that's either positive or negative that we need to either capitalize on or try to, um, you know, mitigate that kind of thing. And then I'm really trying, as I said, I think on a previous episode, to not work seven days a week, although I am not quite there yet. Um, my goal is to not work on the weekends. I'm not quite there yet because I've been working on Sundays. So, uh, yeah, but um, maybe next year. Oh, but yes. we're almost the next year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So really, I mean, if you have trouble figuring out what your ideal day is, I mean, maybe take it one step further and think about compartmentalizing your time like I did, or maybe you need to look at it on a broader scale. But I really think, like, look at one day or one week at a time and just try to, you know, deal with those, I think, like, lengths of time. I think if you tried to look at a month, like, that might just be a little bit too much. But, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I think, like, day five is really the fun part. Like, you do all the work, days one through four, and then at the end is kind of the fun part where you get to really just, yeah, decide what it is that you want to do. And then I guess the next step is figuring out how to make it happen. And hopefully, as you've been tracking your time, you know how to make it happen and whether or not that is uh, you know outsourcing getting a virtual assistant maybe you just hire somebody part-time like 10 hours a week I mean there are a lot of people out there as we've discussed the gig economy I mean some people really only want to work you know maybe one or two days a week they are out there you need to find them make sure that they fit with your culture though and you know that they are a good fit for what it is that you're trying to accomplish and you know, go from there, see how it works. You can always put somebody on a trial. You can always put them on kind of like, you know, we'll, you know, you can work for a month and we'll reassess and kind of check in and, you know, part ways if it doesn't work. If not, we'll, you know, set up a more long-term system. I mean, there are infinite ways that you can hire people or learn how to delegate or outsource. I mean, don't just think, you have to hire an employee and that's scary. Uh, although you're really like your end result should be to look about, I think, hiring an employee. But of course, everyone's business is in a, to you know, in a different spot and you have to do what works for you. So yeah, all right. Well, I'm glad that we made it to the end of the episode and um, I just wanna let everybody know that we will include links to the course in the show notes and on the website, so you can certainly go and check that out. 
And I'll definitely include the link to the day's designer as well. We've talked about that almost every episode, I think. Like, if you don't have one, look into it. There's, you know, free sheets that you can download on their website so you can try it out beforehand. I mean, they are expensive, but when you think about wasted time, when you think about, you know, amortizing that cost over a year and how that can make you, you know, a more organized uh, you know, happy professional or happy, you know, mom, that kind of thing. I mean, yeah, just. And if you're carrying around yeah. multiple things, mm-hmm. like a to-do list and a sticky note mm-hmm. pad, and, oh, like you're things. buying that, and you're, I mean, you're yeah. wasting money on all that stuff. You can really maybe invest a little bit more, but you have one thing that you can carry around, and you're just going to feel like your life is so much more organized. It's going to oh, feel yeah. really good. Oh, yeah, totally. All right. Well, thanks so much. And we look forward to seeing you at the next episode. Thanks so much. Have a great week. Singing, singing, self singing, self singing, itself singing.